Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a hard and stressful place to live, so every day I try to make it a small amount nicer by having this little game show where I play one game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. I assign them points during the game based on how much they cheer me up specifically. And then at the end, the winner and I each give a pep talk to someone or a group of our choice because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. And of course, if you've listened before, you know the winner also wins the grand prize of a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. My guest today is an Emmy-winning writer and best-selling author of several children's books, including A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo, as well as Everyone Gets a Say, which comes out today. So listen to this and and then go order it or, or go pick it up at your local independent bookstore. Uh, welcome to the show, Jill Twist. Hi, Josh. I'm so excited Hi. to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like channeling the enthusiasm of your book coming out today. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited about it coming out and yet also aware that the event will be nothing and I will still just be sitting in my apartment. Yeah, right, right, right. Like the book is out and you're still in because that's we're all in. (laughs) The book will come to you. Yep. This is your third children's book that you've written. This is my third book, yep. That's so exciting. Do you have like a book release day ritual? Do you do something nice for yourself or for someone else? <laughs> <laughs> no, but now I want to have one. The one thing that happened with my first book is uh, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. I got a stamp with a bunny paw print on it. That's nice. And so I think that should be my ritual is that I should have a stamp for each of my books. So that way, when I sign the books, the animal can sign it too with their little stamp. That's really cute. A collection of paw stamps. Today's game is called Who the Wild Things Are. Jill, in your children's (laughs) books and also in your personal life, you're an expert at imagining and naming adorable animals. In this game, we'll do the inverse. I will tell you a name and you will describe the animal, imagined or real, that best fits that name. As always, I will assign you points based on creativity, accuracy, and variety, but mostly on how happy your answers make me specifically. Jill Twist, are you ready to play Who the Wild Things Are? This is the most ready I've ever been for anything. Your first animal name that I'd like you to assign an animal to is Spork. Spork. Okay, so sporks are those things, I think, uh, that are half spoon and half fork. Hell yeah. Which I remember only from KFC. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make spork a very sad rooster. Oh. Because his full name is Thaddeus T. Sporkenheimer. (laughs) And he is a lovelorn rooster uh, Mm -hmm. who keeps falling in love with chickens. But then the chickens are delicious, so they get killed. (laughs) And so he is a widower many times over. His tragedy is that he has such a big heart, but he is not tasty. So he is destined to always outlive his greatest loves. Oh, no. Spork has such a big heart. And um, his loves have genetically modified giant breasts and thighs for eating. Right. And they're very delicious. And he's just a regular guy trying to find love. That's a beautiful answer. It's so sad. And so tender, both in terms of it being heartfelt and the tender meat of Kentucky Fried Chicken (laughs) Chicken. (laughs) That answer is worth 30 points. Wow. I thought it was like 20 points. No way. 50% more than that. That's so much better. (laughs) 
The next animal I would like you to assign to a name will be named Goblin. Okay. So you know how there's a thing where you like call like a really giant guy tiny? Yeah. Well, this is like that. You're going to have an extreme. <laughs> it's not at all like that. It's a really giant guy <laughs> named Goblin. No, it is an extremely fancy regal swan named oh, Goblin. This is so good. Yeah. No, I think this might be the actual swan from the Ugly Duckling. Oh. Which is a story that I think has the worst moral ever. Be nice to people because eventually they might get really hot. It's not ideal as a moral. It should be like, be nice to everybody even if they stay ugly forever. <laughs> right. It should be ugly or pretty at any time. Later, they might also be ugly or pretty. Be nice. Yeah, there's no you reason. You could just make that be nice. Yeah, right. There's no, like, what if that duckling just grew up and stayed busted? <laughs> just like a busted duck. Right. That duckling doesn't have to go on Maury and be like, look at me now. Look how yeah. hot I am mm -hmm. in order to have worth. That ugly duckling could turn into a super ugly adult geriatric duck. And that yeah. would be fine with me. You should totally still be nice fine. to that duck. Yes, I totally agree. I think this is a wonderful answer. <laughs> this answer is worth 41 points. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I think. It is amazing. Yeah. Next name, Princess Leia. Okay, I've never seen Star Wars. So, real excited to get this one spot on. Princess Leia is going to be a snail. Great. Because I think that her little buns look like little snails on her head. So, I think Princess Leia is an extremely shy snail who desperately wants to write a novel. Oh, great. But she's a snail, so she can't hold a pencil. And she's slimy, so she ruins <laughs> all the computers she touches. Yeah. So she eventually devotes her entire life to writing her novel on the highway in snail slime. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she does it. She does it? The whole novel? She does it. She, the whole, it takes 32 miles of highway. <laughs> and no one can read it. It's borderline transparent <laughs> yeah, and, and it evaporates drives. very quickly. Yeah. But that's so nice. I think it's like not about, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? For for this, for Princess Leia, it is in this yeah. particular case and probably not in Star Wars. I don't know. No, in Star Wars, I think it, you're right. It was about the destination. <laughs> they weren't like the real The Force was the friends we made <laughs> along the way. <laughs> this is a great answer. This is... 32 points, one for each mile of novel by the snail, Princess Leia. That is an honor. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of honor, your next animal will be named the Honorable Judge Antonio Popcorn. This is such a good name. Let me tell you real quick, when I was writing these names, I was like, I need to do names that are good so Jill thinks they're good and it's <laughs> inspirational to her. But I also didn't want to do names that you've already used for animals. And you've used so many between your books and jokes for when we were writing it last week tonight and doing name <laughs> animals. And then you rename all the dog show dogs on Twitter while you're watching the dog show. So it's like, gosh, that must be like most of the names. So It feels like it is. I have a Google Doc on my computer that is just called Good Names. <laughs> and it has a section for people and a section for animals. And I try really hard not to reuse whole parts of the names, but uh, you're right. It's a lot of names, but I have definitely not used... The Honorable Judge Antonio Popcorn? I have not. Perfect. Because this is such an exceptional name, I had to give it to my favorite animal, 
the mm-hmm. penguin. Yep. So I imagine that the honorable judge Antonio Popcorn is the star of one of those judge shows like Judge Judy <laughs> or Judge Mathis. Yep. Um, except that the judge is a penguin. And so instead of yelling sustained or overruled, he just throws fish at you. <laughs> and all the lawyers are also penguins. And Great. so they catch the fish in their mouths. And every time they have to approach the bench, they waddle to the bench and it's perfect. And no one is ever found guilty in Judge Popcorn's court. <laughs> it's really just penguins. <laughs> now, it, no one is found guilty because no crimes are committed or just because it's kind of a deconstruction of our carceral system where the judge doesn't want to sentence anyone to prison. <laughs> I would love to say that it's deeply symbolic of the prison industrial complex, but it's really that penguins are adorable. And if they mm-hmm. commit crimes, they're adorable crimes. If they steal some fish, well, they needed those fish. They're penguins. Yeah. They're very hungry and they like it. And even if they, I'm trying to think of like a horrible penguin crime, like a, like a penguin stabbing would still be like like the penguin stabs, but then he waddles away. Yeah, which it is would adorable. Yeah, yeah. There's no punishment in Judge Popcorn's mm-hmm. court. I love that sentence. There is no punishment in Judge Popcorn's court. <laughs> That's the tagline <laughs> on UPN. There's no punishment <laughs> in Judge Popcorn's court. <laughs> and then you just see him waddling away. <laughs> I would watch the show. I think every day. I think so too. First of all, I'd be delighted by the fact that it was a show. That's that would be the, I would be like this exists I I just I guess I have to watch it because like what if at some time doesn't exist anymore right well and there's always a chance that this could be the day that a penguin is found guilty like that's yeah. not like there's no surprises in Judge Popcorn's court that's the <laughs> okay. other it's the other tagline it's the... <laughs> it's not like there's no surprises in Judge Popcorn's court <laughs> when you say it back to me it doesn't sound as catchy I'll admit it but. I, I still, I think this show would really sell. I think so too. I feel <laughs> like we've already come up with so many shows and, and follow-up books for your book on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, mostly you. I'm just asking questions and you're coming up with the great ideas. And this answer is worth 60 points. Wow. Yeah. You go, Judge Popcorn. <laughs> That's a catchphrase. That is good. Who says it? It's <laughs> <laughs> a really great question. I think me. Okay. I think I'm on the show. I'm the bailiff. I think I'm the bailiff on the show. And I go, you go, Judge Popcorn. And then he catches a fish in his mouth. (laughs) This is the best show I've ever heard of. It's going to be so good. Your next animal will be named Cordon Bleu. Oh, my God. I love that when you said it. Thank you. Cordon Bleu is a real (laughs) fatso bear. (laughs) This is a total side note, but when I wrote my last book, I kept asking, I have two otters named Duffles and Nudge, and I kept asking for one of the otters to be really fat. And they they kept going, sure, we'll make it fat, and then they'd send him back, and he still wouldn't be fat. And I would be like, do, I don't know, do we need to explain more about like what, I just love like fatso animals. I think they're amazing. And anyway, I sent it back like several times. I asked for so little, I'm not demanding, but I was like, can I just please have a fatso otter? So in any case, Cordon Bleu is a real fatso bear. If you want to picture him, think about that time that Winnie the Pooh ate all that honey at Rabbit's house and then he couldn't get back out and he got stuck in the door. Cordon Bleu is like that all the time. That is a perfect answer. Cordon Bleu, a real fat bear 
just chilling. I love it. That answer is worth 25 points. <laughs> Next animal, Whistlin' Mickey. Whistlin' Mickey is a tiny little parakeet that carries messages for the mob. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, this gets dark. I respect it. Yeah, I think this is more of like an adult movie. Although I think he just carries normal messages. Like, hey, can you pick up some milk? So not like crime messages specifically. No, just like Meghan Markle got a new haircut. Have you heard? (laughs) I like that. Because like even mobsters need to communicate regular stuff. Yeah, they have to say normal things. And I don't think they want to implicate their parakeet, Whistling Mickey. No. Right. They would never. I bet they don't. I bet, you know what? I bet the that Whistlin' Mickey doesn't even know that they're the mob. I think he just thinks they're a bunch of gentlemen who spend a lot of time together in rooms with no telephones. Yeah, with like flashy ties and like a nice suit jacket. Right. He's like, maybe they're in a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my human and his friends are the cherry pop and daddies. Whistlin' Mickey and his ska pals. <laughs> Whistling Mickey does sound like the name of a bird that a guy in a ska band would own. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why more ska bands don't have like a parakeet on their shoulder while they play. Yeah. I wonder if all the the trombones would scare the bird away. I think that's possible. Or they might fall in love. I feel like a, a, a bird might could conceivably fall in love with a trombone. What a romance. Star-crossed lovers. <laughs> Every story is a tragedy if you take it long enough. Right, yeah. Anyone's life, if you play it out, ends in death. Right, yes. Every story has a happy ending if you end it in the middle. I love Whistling Mickey. I, like, want to know everything about his weird little bird life and his, like, innocent demeanor around these criminals. I love this guy. This is a 47-point answer. Wow. Whistlin' Mickey would be so proud of both of us. I think he would. I think he'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the sound he makes when he's proud. Yeah. (laughs) Next animal is named Captain Wrinkles, a.k.a. the captain. (laughs) Josh, because you are my friend... I could never, ever make Captain Wrinkles anything other than a pug. Thank you. Captain Wrinkles is a geriatric pug mm-hmm. with an extremely nice owner who rolls him around in a stroller. <laughs> and sometimes he wears a jaunty little captain's hat. Oh, gosh, a pug in a captain's hat. Now this just makes me want to start browsing hats for my pug. I think it's a great idea. If you don't find one, we will invent them and we'll be billionaires. That's great. It's it's so close to my own heart and my own life. <laughs> I cannot but give it 45 points. Aww. Well, good. Next animal. Your next animal will be named Manchego. Okay, Manchego is a tiny little mouse mm-hmm. that is lactose intolerant. Damn. Manchego the mouse has such reverence for cheese. Mm -hmm. He loves it so deeply, but he cannot have it. So the greatest tribute he could think of was to change his name to (laughs) glorify cheese in perpetuity. That's amazing. His real name, Phineas Pinkles. (laughs) Also great. Okay, so that's 15 points for 
lactose intolerant mouse, and then another 15 points for Phineas Pinkles, which like you flipped <laughs> it on me and gave me a great name for, for this mouse. So I love it. 30 points total. Wonderful. Your next animal will be named Wobbles. Okay, Wobbles is a three-legged dog that plays basketball. That's great. At first, I was going to say that he was a rapper, like Lil Wobbles, but Mm -hmm. a dog that raps, that doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. Obviously, he plays basketball. There's precedent for that. There's precedent, exactly. Whatever that dog did on four legs in Airbud, this dog can do on three legs. <laughs> and I think he play. I don't know what Airbud did. I never saw this movie, but I think he plays on like a human basketball team. Um, yeah. And they make it to the whatever the finals are in basketball, the super basketball, the super yep. bowl skateball, um, <laughs> I think is what they're called. Yeah. I mean, he's good, but he's not like good for all the humans. And so he doesn't get to play that much. But in the final game, he hasn't played all season and they're down by two and the whole crowd starts shouting, wobbles, wobbles, (laughs) wobbles. And they send him in and he makes a three-point shot at the buzzer. I don't know how he's a three-legged dog, but he does. And he wins the game for everyone. Well, not for the other team. He didn't win for them. They lost. Yeah, that, that team, they'd rather not discuss it. They just lost to a dog. Deeply humiliating. (laughs) This is a great answer. This is a six-point answer only. Three for the dog's legs and three for the three-pointer that wins the championship. But sometimes three points is all you really need to put yourself over the top, you know? (laughs) I think that's what this lesson is. So six points total. Well, Wobbles has taught us all that we can do what three, what most people can't do with even far more. Except it just occurred to me that people have two legs and they're very good at basketball. Yeah, probably better than the average dog. Probably better than many dogs. I don't know about the average dog, but as I think about it, there might be some minor plot holes in this movie. Um, We'll work them out. We got time. We'll work them out in the sequel. We'll do rewrites. We'll we'll, we'll just put out a second movie. (laughs) A second movie that's just like an addendum to the first one that fixes the plot holes. Yeah, I think so. I love it. Wobbles too. (laughs) This is perfect. I guess it's 12 points now, total, because now there's twice as many movies, twice as many points. Right, that's true. Another six points for the sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. Your next animal will be named Bad News. Bad News is obviously a nearsighted guinea pig wearing tiny little guinea pig glasses. Is that something? Do they, are there little guinea pig glasses? There are now. Or maybe he's just in like a, you know, the glass cage you put guinea pigs in and the whole yeah. glass cage is prescription. So, oh, like, so you read anything outside <laughs> it? So, yeah, you could put like newspapers outside and bad news the guinea pig will read all the bad news through his <laughs> prescription. Oh, this is a good animal. This is one, maybe the best one so far. This is worth 35 points. Amazing. Now we are going to go into a lightning round. In this round, you're going to do something that is more traditional for what you've done in the past and that I will describe the animal and you will give me the name for it. We'll go quickly. Each of these questions will be worth 10 points. Great. First animal of the lightning round, a ring-tailed lemur who goes to an art school for tree-dwelling mammals. Bunsen Sea Dipsy Noodle. Correct. 10 points. Next question. Please name for me a bat who is afraid of the dark. 
Matt Midler. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> 10 points. Next question. Please name for me a sarcastic octopus. Dr. Antonius Whiplash or Tony Whiplash. A great name. 10 points. No doubt about it. Next question. Please name for me a pelican with a beautiful singing voice. Lady Eloise Pistachio, Grand Duchess of Marmalade. You know what? I said they're all worth 10 points. That one's 15. The Grand Duchess of Marmalade put it over the top. Your final animal for the lightning round. Please name for me a turtle who spends too much time at the gym. Molasses C. Turbo. (laughs) Awesome. 10 (laughs) points. Incredible round of gameplay. Incredible lightning round. That gives you a total score of 412 points. That is the all-time high score in Make My Day history. Thank you for playing. Just an outstanding performance. How do you feel? I feel so honored and so excited that maybe we can write stories about all of these animals. Oh my gosh, it would be a dream. (laughs) As the grand prize winner, you have won a $100 donation to the cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? I would like my $100 to go to a charity called Alice's Kids, which is a charity that takes requests from teachers and social workers for things that kids need that other bigger charities might not cover. Things like prom tickets or like a kid who needs a winter coat or a kid who Mm -hmm. wants piano lessons, something like that. Oh, that's amazing. What a great choice. $100 to Alice's Kids. If you're a listener and you also want to donate to this, if this cause resonates with you, I will provide a link in the show notes and on Twitter. Our final segment for this episode, as every episode, the pep talks. Each of us will give a pep talk to a person or group who we think really needs it. I will go first. My pep talk is for animals who have recently been adopted and had their name changed. First of all, I'm very sorry about this. I would love to call you by your name, whether it's Waffles, like your last family said, or just Awoo! Am I pronouncing that right? Awoo! I really sympathize with the idea that you're coming into a new weird home, and now people are like, come here, Barnstable, and you have to go, oh, right, that's me, I'm Barnstable now. But you're not in this situation because people want to change who you are. You're there because someone loves you, and we're always growing and changing. None of us are who we were 10 years or 70 dog years ago. But at the same time, you are still you. You've been continuous this whole time. This is just a new era. And maybe you've always been, oh, even when you were waffles. And still, now that you're Barnstable. As Shakespeare once wrote, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. And to paraphrase it in a way that might be more relevant to you, another dog's butt by any other name would smell as, well, whatever it is about that smell that you like. So I'm sorry about all the turbulence, but what it means is that you've moved on to a new chapter full of new and unexpected love and warmth. (laughs) Jill, it is time for your pep talk. (laughs) My pep talk is for theater people. Hi, theater people. This pandemic has been hard for everyone, but particularly for you. After all, the things you love the most are the things we're not allowed to do right now. Gathering in large groups, singing at the top of your lungs, and running up to your friend that you saw two hours ago and hugging and screaming like you haven't seen each other (laughs) since you were prisoners of war together seven decades ago. (laughs) Worst of all, theater people, you have to live with the fact that the last movie you saw in a theater was definitely Cats. But here's the good news. (laughs) All of the qualities that make this time especially hard for you are also why you are exactly the heroes we need today. You see, everyone's putting on a brave face and winging it right now. 
Parents are playing the role of teachers. Teachers are playing the role of therapists. Therapists are playing the role of people who drink a bottle of wine before bed every night to relax. The point is, no one knows more about playing a role that they are entirely unsuited for than theater people. I'm talking to you, 13-year-old girl who was cast as Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music because they didn't have enough boys. You are the experts at slopping a coat of paint on something, plastering on a smile, and just getting through it. Theater people, your gumption and your moxie are exactly what we need today. And when we get through this, hopefully someday in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to greet your friends with the fevered pitch of an old-timey woman yelling goodbyes to her lover over the sound of a foghorn as she waves from the deck of a ship as she's being forced to take so she can have her illegitimate child in a French nunnery. Because you know (laughs) who's still going to have that kind of vocal stamina? Theater people. A beautiful pep talk, necessary for our times, inspirational. Thank you, Jill. And that's been our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Jill Twist. Jill, where can people find you and your work? You can find me at Jill Twist, J-I-L-L-T-W-I-S-S, everywhere. I stole my name on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. I got it. That's wonderful. And pick up Jill's books. The newest one is Everyone Gets a Say. It's about voting. It's really great and wonderful. They're all so good. Get them for your children or any children you may know. Also, donate to Alice's Kids if you're so inclined. If you have your own answers to today's game of who the wild things are, tweet them at me at at Josh Gondelman. You don't have to bother Jill. She's busy. She's got things to do. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Jill. Goodbye, everybody. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. (laughs) 